everybody. Welcome back to the Midnight Terrorist Podcast. I am your co-host, Kevin, here with my co-host, Jason. Jason, how are you? I am doing well, sir. And you are here with your co-hosts, Bucky and Diamond. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and what's this show called? Come on now. It's called the Midnight Terrors Podcast. <laughs> I wait every week to see how you're going to deliver that line. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. I'm I'm trying to get new ones going, but Mr. J's uh, up upstaging me. He is upstaging <laughs> you, bro. You're he he's gunning for your job, but uh, it's he all is. good. But uh, Jason and uh, all our listeners out there, welcome to October. Uh, I know that we just released some episodes on October 2nd, but those were recorded before the month of October started. So this is our first recording in October. So officially, welcome to October. And uh, Jason, how excited are you for the best time of the year? I'm excited. I love October. Um, I turn on AMC and always have it in the background. Like, no matter what I'm doing, I'm just walking around the house or, you know, whatever. Um, AMC has their horror movie nights just going nonstop and just have Friday 13th or Halloween or, you know, whatever. You're just going in the background and then Freeform. Freeform's fun, too, because they do the Adams Family and, you know, everything. I just love, like, just kind of horror movies and and just Halloween stuff in the background uh, all day long. So it's it's just fun. I, lo- I love this time of year. Amen to that, man. And I'm glad we're here as Midnight Terrors to see another October. I thought for sure we would go our separate ways after our Halloween Ends episode last year. But uh, here we are. Uh, <laughs> so, Jason, we've got a pretty stacked lineup of stuff that we're going to be doing with the podcast this month. And I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It's spooky season, all the good movies, all the uh, best activities out of the year. And uh, there's always some really cool events going on October, going on in October. And we have a member of one of the best events that I've heard of that's happening this October as our guest here this week. We would like to welcome Lawrence DeVincent of the Living Dead Weekend. How are you, my friend? I'm very, very, very good. Uh, I'm glad to be on this show. And uh, I'm sure the festivities for everyone for Halloween start on uh, October 1st every year. And uh, that's a very important date, actually, uh, when it comes to uh, the topic of this show tonight, Night of Living Dead. Um, It premiered in Pittsburgh on October 1st, 1968. So that made yesterday the 55th anniversary of Night of the Living Dead, hence being the topic of this show. There we go. So, so crazy. I actually just looked that up before before we hit the record button. I was like, oh, my God, perfect timing <laughs> for us to do this episode. Yep. Absolutely. So, Larry, um, before, of course, we want to talk Night of the Living Dead, and both of us are huge fans. Um, but anyone that comes on our show, um, one of the things that we like to ask is kind of like, what got you into horror and not only what got you into horror, but which horror movie fucked you up? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess it would probably be my mother or my uncle that got me into horror because they played horror movies when I was a kid, probably starting, you know, with whatever was on HBO back in like the early eighties. 
Friday the 13th, part one and two, they were on in heavy rotation. And then my mother and my uncle would rent videos to say uh, Dawn of the Dead and all the things of the day. Dawn of the Dead came out in 83. And that's really a Romero movie that got me interested in all the rest. So that's things that, that got me started in horror. And it's been a long journey since then. <laughs> but that's the beginning. Right. Well, it's led to you, led you to some pretty awesome things, which is uh, one of the big reasons we wanted to have you on the show. Uh, it's October. Again, we want to talk about a, a classic movie that we actually got to talk with you about. And so we were talking about Night of the Living Dead, and we actually met uh, over by John Russo's table over there, the co-screenplay writer for Night of the Living Dead. So when we met you, uh, it was actually Jason Yashannon who introduced us. And said, yo, we should get together and uh, do a podcast together. And uh, Jason and I couldn't say yes fast enough. So we are excited to have you on. Well, thank you. Uh, I, I think you, you probably don't even know the extent of my knowledge. And <laughs> I do, but I'll give you a lot of the information here on this show tonight. Well, we want to know the extent of your knowledge. <laughs> and um, <laughs> we're we're glad to have you on here. Um, so yeah, Night of the Living Dead is, uh, one of my favorites. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go all over the place and, uh, we tend to jump around a little bit, but, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get it started. Yeah. And much like when we did the reanimator episode where it was kind of not just about the movie, it was about reanimator and hp lovecraft horror like in in a pop culture sense it was kind of just an overall discussion of what reanimator is and what lovecraft was and that's kind of what the goal of this episode is is you know we're kicking off october i think this might be the first time jason correct me if i'm wrong that we're tackling like a classic horror movie um at yeah, this, this point a, yeah this is a very hard classic yeah, it's uh, we've touched on it before when we did the horror bracket war. Uh, that was about the extent of it, which was well over a year ago now. Um, but this is us, you know, starting October, tackling a classic horror movie. I believe our first zombie movie on the show, which you can't get better than this one <laughs> when it comes to uh, well, starting sorry. with the zombies. Dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we kind of just wanted it to be a movie discussion on Night of the Living Dead, of course, but also... This is in, you know, build up and celebration of the Living Dead weekend, which we're going to, you know, talk to you about as the show goes on. But really just talk about Night of the Living Dead and George Romero and, you know, just the craze of zombies in pop culture and in the horror genre. Um, and again, what better way to get started with that than to talk about this 1968 classic film? So, uh, Lawrence, let's start with you, obviously. Uh Night of the Living Dead, 1968. What's your background with this movie? When did you first see it? And what were your initial thoughts when you first watched it? Sure. Um, uh, like I said, I saw Dawn of the Dead first as far as uh, the George Romero movies go. Then the second zombie movie of his that I saw was Night of the Living Dead. And then uh, I probably saw that about 1984 or so. And at the time I was nine. So I didn't like it as much as Dawn of the Dead because it was black and white. And that's the main thing. Otherwise, it had a great story. And I thought it was really interesting, you know, very downright ending. Spoiler alert. But um, I thought it was interesting, but I didn't like it so much because of the black and white. But then years went by, loving Dawn of the Dead and then seeing Day of the Dead and uh, getting, you know, 
my fix of zombie movies in my life. And then I went back to Night of the Living Dead and, and I realized what kind of a classic it really was. And uh, I can accept black and white these days. I'm not going to shun a black and white movie <laughs> like a kid. And I'm sure a lot of kids do that, unfortunately. But uh, it's a fantastic film. And uh, The Modern Zombie comes from George Romero's Night of the Living Dead. It doesn't start anywhere else. I mean, all the rules that you see for zombies on The Walking Dead, you know, uh, they eat flesh. The only way to kill them is to uh, kill the brain. You know, all these things came from Night of the Living Dead. There were no zombies like that in any movie or pop culture beforehand. So it all starts with George Romero's Night of the Living Dead. And that really is important. And I always stress that when I talk about the movie because it's it's majorly important. It's, it's spawned a whole culture, uh, uh, a pop culture segment or genre, you know, the zombie. It's in a million movies and TV shows. And it all starts with George's film. This is this is yeah, very it, true. It, it, it's uh, it's strange going back and watching Night of the Living Dead, which I did rewatch to sort of prep for this. It's weird when you think about it in the 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 through the lens of like, put yourself back in 1968 when people of that generation are watching this. There was no like craze of zombies that was going around pop culture and it's weird also you look at it they aren't even really referred to as zombies but they set rules yeah and they set the precedent for what zombies would be and it's really interesting to go back and like you know rewatching it and we'll get into the specifics but you think of all the 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 tropes in zombie movies there's the you know the bite marks uh there's you know the cause for what creates a zombie there's the way the zombies move uh, and how they react to things. And it all, like you said, it all starts right here. And it's so interesting. And you're like, man, could you imagine being like someone back in 1968 watching this when it first comes out? And you're like, what is this? Oh, <laughs> it was revolutionary for so many reasons. I mean, just seeing, you know, these creatures, these ghouls, you know, tearing apart flesh and eating people. You had never seen something like that in a mainstream film ever I mean, it was absolutely revolutionary and it was released before there were uh, ratings, you know, mandatory on film. So they got away with the showing a lot more than they should have. <laughs> so uh, true. That, oddly enough, sometimes it would play in matinees, you know, on Saturdays and kids would go and see it and they'd see these crazy things like, like you know, ghouls ripping apart zombies, you know, humans and eating flesh. Like it was, <laughs> you know, it shocked a lot of people. Oh, yeah. I'm actually jealous of my mom's uh, first interaction with the movie, because for me, before we go to uh, Jason with your background, my background was I actually didn't see this one until two years ago around October. Um, I was super late to the to the party. Um, the very first like zombie movie that like really gripped me in pop culture was that 2004 version of Dawn of the Dead, uh, which we've covered on the okay. show. And that was kind of my gateway into, you know, like watching more zombies. And then from there, I, you know, went backwards and watched like 28 weeks later and, uh, you know, all the all the other zombie movies that we got around that era. Obviously, The Walking Dead was like the biggest thing in the world, you know, 10 years sure. ago. Still, um, still haven't watched. Uh, uh, have you watched uh, 28 Days? <laughs> I love how you just assume I haven't watched it and then you backtrack on it. <laughs> uh 
No, 28 days is still on the list. I saw 28 weeks first for some reason. Yep. Uh, yep. I think I I think I rented the wrong one uh, <laughs> when Blockbuster was still around. <laughs> uh, but it's all good. It'll it'll happen. Don't worry. We watch a lot of movies for this podcast. But uh, so I saw this for the first time two years ago and again was still, you know, even all these years later after after its release, it's still very unsettling, very well made. Um, and again, just a masterpiece of a film. But my mom, who <laughs> would have been uh, like six or seven when the movie came out, saw it in like 1973, had a sleepover, uh, and all of her friends went to sleep, and she woke up and Night of the Living Dead was playing on the television, and she was the only one awake having to watch this movie, and uh, she actually told John Russo that like, I did not sleep for weeks after watching this. so uh i mean the movie still holds up and we're going to talk about how effective it is as a as a creepy movie but even just re-watching it today it is uh very very creepy uh so jason what's your background with night of the living dead um night of the living dead i i watched the original and the original i i did uh it it creeped me the fuck out um it, it really um mess with me um I, I i liked it a lot uh and um I, I don't know you know certain people like the original and i think everybody loves the original uh but i also like the remake so i have a love for both of them and uh you know it's just just it's the original zombie man i mean it, it, you know because again we have uh we have so many uh conversations with uh everything about zombies like their zombies are like the biggest thing and and you know, watching that original and, you know, watching the remake and then, you know, now you're watching Dawn of the Dead and everything. It's 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 crazy. I the zombie the zombie craze or the zombie thing is so great, um, but it starts here. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, <laughs> We, you know, being, uh, uh, Lawrence, you said 55 years is where we're, is where we're at now. Yeah, 55 years. That's so insane to me. And, uh, I mean, again, just looking at this through the lens of what it started, um, and how people have run with Romero's concept and, you know, taken it in so many different directions, but the core of what zombies are is still right here again, all the, all the tropes you see in The Walking Dead and Dawn of the Dead and the remake of uh, Night of the Living Dead, all that stuff spawns from here. And um, yeah, again, just rewatching this, I'm still in awe of how well the the movie holds up. And I don't think we need to do a straight plot walkthrough as we normally would. I think everybody knows the plot of Night of the Living Dead uh, at this point. But um one thing that really like jumped out at me rewatching this, and I actually was having a phone call with Jason before we jumped on the on the call here, is that 
you know, for being 1968, we were pretty much past, you know, like straight silent movies at that point. But a lot of this movie is so visual in its storytelling and is very much like a silent film where the music is just booming and you're watching long shots of boarding up a house or like just walking around being scared by stuff. Like when Barbara comes into the into the house and is looking around, you know, just wondering if anyone's alive inside. Uh, and then there's, you know, big music stings like with, there's actually some really good jump scares in here. I was caught off guard by that, I will say. Um, so. Lawrence, I know that you've done a lot, a lot, a lot of research uh, for Night of the Living Dead. So what like if someone asks you to just talk about like the background of Night of the Living Dead, maybe just how the idea came to be or like what the you know how the like basically how the movie came to be what what have you found in in looking at how george romero got to to make this classic movie sure um there's a lot of story there um george romero and his company uh called the uh latent image in the uh the early 60s they formed a company and they made commercials you know it was a commercial production company and they slowly through you know doing projects and doing commercials they they save money and they acquired equipment of course for making films you need all kinds of equipment you need cameras you need lenses you need lights you need all these things so over a couple of years they made commercials and they acquired equipment and they eventually decided that they were going to make a film so they got all their friends together all the people who worked at their company the latent image and they formed another company to make the film called image 10. And that comp that was comprised of 10 investors who put in, you know, a certain amount of money each. And they were able to put together about $100,000. So they decide, what are we going to do? You know, what would be the best way we can make some money, you know, if we made a movie? And they decided a, a horror movie or a scary movie or a spook movie would be perfect for that uh, purpose. So they decide to write a scary movie film it with their resources, the money they put together. And uh, what you result, what the result was is Night of Living Dead. And they made something revolutionary, you know, that you could not have imagined, you know, a commercial company making, but somehow they did it, you know? Yeah. That's pretty brave how it happened. And that's actually reminding me of uh, a movie uh, series, uh, specifically the original that Jason and I absolutely love which is sam raimi with the evil dead franchise you know essentially being that same premise of just a bunch of friends going into the woods just like making a movie sure. and it makes and it makes you wonder like when you do something like that do you ever actually think that it's going to become something as massive as it is you know what i mean most of them always say no they had no idea it was going to become this massive thing but you know, when you put in the hard work, you put in the energy, you put in the love, you know, uh, you, you try to do something special. Sometimes it works out and you really do create something special, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if even if you look at Star Wars, um, Star Wars, <laughs> like, man, <laughs> this this movie was not going to be anything like it, nobody thought, uh, you know. That no, it was it was gonna do shit and it became the you know it became what it is 
Yeah, the blockbuster of blockbusters. <laughs> um, and it yeah. wasn't George uh, Lucas either. In that case, he had a lot of filmmaking friends like John Milius and um, Francis Ford Coppola, and they would all take turns looking at the script for Star Wars. Steven Spielberg would give him advice. All his friends in filmmaking gave him advice. And then he was able through Francis Ford Coppola and working with him, you know, getting experience. And he eventually made Star Wars out of his own ideas. But he had a lot of help, too. You know, it just doesn't take one person or one writer or one director. It also took a lot of crew members and people who put everything together to make that one project. And Night of the Living Dead is no different. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, just right out of the gate, the the opening with the car driving to the cemetery with uh with Johnny and Barbara it's just like it's weird to think that there was a time where that wasn't just ingrained in everybody's like subconscious with horror that it wasn't this classic scene at the time because sure. now you go back and watch it I'm like I mean this is just like like Jason said this is this is it like everybody knows this opening at the cemetery and the the and comment take fans there on the film location tours that I do for Nile Living Dead I take them to those road shots <laughs> I, I, so we're down here in, uh, in little old South Carolina. We were so, so I'm in Fort Mill. That's right. That's right. I just remember talking to you and we were like, son of a bitch, man. Like, why are we, why are we not up where the tours are? <laughs> like, well, you is... drive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just I a mean, little I bit. People that come to our events, the Living Dead Weekend conventions, where I do the tours up in Evan City and Monroeville, where they filmed all the dead. We have people from, you know, other countries, people from Germany, people from Japan have come, people from Canada, people from all different states. So, yeah, I get, we don't, <laughs> yeah, we don't have any excuses, Jason. We gotta, we gotta get on this. <laughs> and here too, so. The, the movie is so good, and um, even the remake, um, the the early '90s remake, uh, <laughs> just with just saying, um, you know, they're coming to get you, Barbara. Like, it, 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 they're, <laughs> yeah, they're coming to get you, Barbara. It's it's just so um, and. Uh, with remake um bill mosley doing it um it's it's just uh i don't know it's just it there's something special about it there's something special about zombies and the fact that romero like saw that and he put it out there it it was just so revolutionary and uh, you know, the, like he he is the zombie creator, and you know, you've got all of the spinoffs and you know all of this extra stuff that Romero started, and it's it's pretty interesting that you know he started it. Yeah. And you look at, um, you know, where the where the state of horror was at that time, probably the other biggest movie to come out, you know, of the early, early 60s would have been like Psycho. And then, you know, we go to Night of the Living Dead. Yep. 1960. And then, you know, eight years later. And of course, we got uh, I believe Rosemary's Baby was in uh, in the 60s. Yep. 
So we were we were starting to churn out, you know, those classics, which we would really get heavy into in the in the next decade. But I just, you know, even watching Night of the Living Dead now, I was like getting thoughts of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and just how like grainy that is and how realistic it is. I'm like, man, Night of the Living Dead, like we give Texas Chainsaw Massacre a lot of credit for that. But I mean, <laughs> Night of the Living Dead got there first. Oh, yeah. By five years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just again, right out of the gate, the the dialogue between Johnny and and Barbara, again, just feels very uh, grounded. And like one thing that I appreciate about this original Night of the Living Dead is that it does not waste any time. We're like five minutes into the movie when the first ghoul appears. Um, but again, like I just love the way everything is presented, just that long shot of that ghoul in the cemetery after the they're coming to bar coming to get you barbara and like oh look there's one now and then it just like it's like a switch gets flicked and you immediately just like it's just like oh stop it johnny and then a ghoul just attacks her <laughs> and then we're into it oh yeah you know and uh i, I want to talk about the the look of the ghouls here i know we're gonna say zombie a lot but you know in the movie they're referred to as the ghouls and there's something so disturbing and effective about the simplicity of the way these ghouls look that I actually feel like this is actually kind of scarier than the more bloody, gruesome stuff that we see uh, later on down the road. Still scary when you get farther into it, but like, I don't know, man, something about the fact that they still look so much like people is... Yeah, look like your family members, your friends, but they aren't. Mm -hmm. And that was like an element of the movie that I really didn't pay attention to on the first go around where it's like, you know, the news broadcasters are saying, like, we're encouraging everyone to stay indoors and, you know, stay with your people. But now we don't know exactly like they look like other people and it could just be like a random fit of rage. And, oh, you're screwed now because somebody in your group turned. Um, so I wanted to ask you guys about that. What I mean, what is what is your take on the presentation of the of the ghouls in here? Well, um, you, you touched a little bit on it. You know, they, they look more like your friends or family and you don't think of them or you don't want to think of them as any different, but they are these creatures that have become, you know, reanimated from, you know, the deaths of your family or your, your neighbors or your friends. So um, it is the beginning. So they haven't changed very much except for, you know, slight touches of, you know, circles around the eyes and, and little tears of their flesh, you know, and things like that. So it's interesting that it's the beginning of it. And they at the, they're at the beginning stages of what, you know, a ghoul is or a zombie becomes. Mm -hmm. Jason, how about, how about you? What's your, what's your uh, thoughts when you're, when you're seeing the way the ghouls look in here? I don't know. It's 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 interesting um, because there's been so many um, different versions of them. Um, and I like so, you know, you've got like The Last of Us, um, which is uh, so zombies are uh, they're all different. And there's been different versions of zombies. So, uh, so things like Last of Us, uh, Last of Us, the zombies are these. Uh, they're these kind of 
like mushroom yeah. mushroom weird things um that you know because they're in and then you have the zombies from romero and uh, like uh, zombies are are crazy but uh, like i i like the Jason. romero version Jason. yes look up <laughs> oh, wait, what was it? <laughs> was it uh was it um <laughs> Pedro Pascal? <laughs> it's George Romero. <laughs> Sorry, Pedro I Pascal. I didn't see it. <laughs> oh god. That that um, is uh fantastic. No, but though, there's, dude. there's there's so many different versions of zombies that uh, like I like all of the different versions, um, but uh, Romero, you know, of course, just was the original. So it's 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 just a special thing that he did. Yeah, and so we're talking about George Romero's influence, you know, with with creating the the zombies um Lawrence I want to I want to throw this to you because you you know you've touched on it a little bit that you do you know tours of the filming locations um for the living dead weekend and but you why do I do tours why am I the guy that do that does tours yeah that's that's kind of where I was where I was going with it is that looking at the just the iconography of night of the living dead and just how revolutionary it was and how it's still a classic movie to this day what what for you is it about this movie that has stood the test of time? Why of all, you know, horror movies that have come out in, you know, almost 60 years since this one, what is it for you about this one that keeps people coming back, wanting to do tours, wanting to, I mean, I bought a, a you know, the little canister of dirt from, uh, from John Russo from the cemetery. And I was like, totally fanboying out over that. <laughs> So, like, what is it for you that that keeps people coming back, and what makes this movie so iconic? Well, um, uh, the imagery. You know, there are certain shots of the zombies advancing towards the farmhouse in the yard, and 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 the angle of it, and the depth of field where there are zombies in the, in the foreground, in the background. Um, when the little girl, played by Kyra Schoen, kills her mother in the basement. I mean, the angles that you see are just amazing and she comes at her mother and she kills her mother with a trowel. I mean, the, the things you see in this movie are unbelievable and it's done so creatively. And I mean, I don't understand why certain people who are directors or want to make films don't just copy this, you know, just <laughs> look at the way it's done, you know, look at the angles, copy the angles, go for cool angles. You just can't have some static shot looking at something like this right in front of you, you know, tilt it. Give it some something special. You know, you learn this if you study photography. And they made all the shots look very interesting. And it has an interesting look to it, not only because it's black and white and um, the zombies are, you know, very um, restrained compared to modern zombies, but it has these great angles. It has these great shots. And it has this uh, this amazing music that really works well for the film. And even though it's, 
called library music in technical terms because uh, a lot of TV shows and movies used it over the years. And if you go back to the 50s in particular, you can hear a lot of TV shows and movies use the same music, but they don't use it as effectively as George did in Night of the Living Dead, where, you know, these, these tracks might be found in other things. They don't sound as well or are as used as well as Night of the Living Dead. And, and they sort of became you know, synonymous with the movie. And it's just everything about it, the editing, the sound effects, the the look of it, the, you know, it goes together. It's what it makes a great film. And mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's very hard to get that look or get that angle or, you know, just get it to where it needs to be. Um, and he he did it perfectly. And, um, you know, I don't know how you again, I don't know how you feel about the remake, but I feel like the remake did a good job um, because it was pretty much a shot for shot. Um, but uh, I mean, like Romero is. It's just a genius, like he he puts it all together so well. Well, let me say something about the remake. Uh, number one, George Romero did not direct it. Uh, Tom Savini did. Tom Savini yeah, is yeah, no, I know that gentleman who did uh, the work on Dawn of the Dead and Creep Show and Day of the Dead. So he directed that. So I want to make sure Tom gets that credit because you know he's the director of the yep. night. George did uh, write it, you know, and he was he was a producer on it, so he was there and he was involved with it. But uh, Tom sure. did be fair. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and I love Savini, and I I know that he that uh, that Romero did not do the remake, but I like the remake. Um, I think it looks really good, and I I enjoy it. Um, it is not the original for sure. Um, the original <laughs> no. is still perfect. Here's what I say about it. And I've said this for years. There are a lot of remakes out there, and most of them suck, you know? But <laughs> watch Night of the yeah, Living Dead in 1990, you know, it doesn't suck. I mean, it, it sticks pretty much to the story with some little tweaks, and it's a little different to give you something a little bit different. And if, and if you know about the making of that movie, Tom Savini actually wanted to do a lot more different stuff, but he wasn't allowed to by the... Uh, you know, the financiers and people like that. He wanted to go a little bit more wild instead of more restrained like it was. And he wasn't able to, you know. So while it's very much the same, same story, it has some twists and new beats to it. And uh, it actually doesn't suck like a lot of remakes do. It does everything right that it should do. It doesn't stray too far from the path because the path has already been established with the original movie. It knows what works and it sticks to it. And that gives you a little bit new, you know, a new effects and you know, a new look to the zombies and such. And it works. Sure. Um, the only yeah. thing I have a problem with, actually, uh, if you want to get technical, is uh, the soundtrack. I, I just can't stand the soundtrack. <laughs> I, I think it needs better soundtrack. It would actually be considered a classic. I don't think it's considered a classic, but if it had a better soundtrack, I think it would enhance the movie a lot more. I mean, if you, you know movies very well. You look at Halloween, a lot of movies that have really iconic soundtracks. These soundtracks really make the movie. And without those soundtracks, you know, it might be a different story. And I think if if 
the remake of Night of the Living Dead had a better soundtrack, I think it would be even more well regarded than it is. Yeah, that's a good point. I yeah. mean, horror horror scores can definitely uh, change the feel of a of a movie, as you know, can the directing and the and the acting. And and Lawrence, you you touched on something earlier about why Night of the Living Dead is so iconic, and I think this is a a good connection to the the tours that you do. Is that you know one thing I picked up on rewatching this is that the ghouls really aren't in the movie a lot, you know, they're kind of, they go away for large parts of it. And it's just the feel and the, the claustrophobic feel to, to the house that we're in that still gives that feeling of like, I mean, these ghouls are just right outside, like one mistake and we're, we're in trouble. And like, the more I'm thinking about it when I'm watching the movie is that, the location like the the house is like just as much a character as the people that we're following you know as is the cemetery and uh you know so like i think that's a something that something that i'm sure you touch on with with the tours that you do right that's what what you try to emphasize with what you're showing your groups yeah um on the tours i take everyone to you know all the sites that you could possibly want to see that you know including the cemetery, you know, and I show everybody where all the great, you know, the classic shots, you know, took place. I can show you where every single shot took place in the cemetery if you want to get that technical. And uh, before we go any further, I, let me tell you why I, I could tell you, you know, where every shot is. Back in the day, I started, you know, getting heavily into the movies and I started researching them in the beginning days of the internet. And I saw, you know, that there were people who had gone to film locations. And I thought, wow, that's really cool. And then uh, Dawn of the Dead came out with a, a box set, you know, the Black Ultimate Edition in 2004. And it had a tour filmed by Greg Nicotero of the Monroeville Mall. And I thought that was the most amazing thing ever, you know? I'm starting to see and put together that some of these locations for movies still exist. And maybe I could go see them. Wouldn't that be cool? So I dreamed of one day going to, you know, Pittsburgh, to the Monroeville Mall, or to the Evans City Cemetery from Night of the Living Dead, you know. These places sound cool. I would love to go. I eventually went in 2007. You know, I didn't know that much or where everything took place back then. But then I decided, you know, I'm going to research these places. You know, some people are into sports, and they know the stats and figures of their favorite teams and the favorite players. <laughs> I don't like yeah care about sports but i know about movies and george romero films and i've studied them and i've done my research on them so when i get into something i really get into it and that's when i start doing my research so i had went to the mall and i went to the cemetery in 2008 for the first time and um it was great it was amazing there were some bad things about that trip but you know it was overall amazing i didn't go back for another four years so 2012 comes along and i decide i'm going to go back and then this time I spent about three to four months researching everything I possibly want to know about George's films. And in particular, Dawn of the Dead, Land of the Living Dead. I, I just get obsessed about these things when I get into them. And um, I eventually, you know, thought about going on tours, like I told you, from seeing that Greg Nicotero tour on the Dawn of the Dead box set. And then I did so much research that I became the person that did the tours. And I never, ever wanted to do tours. It wasn't my goal to do tours. You know, it's not something I ever thought of. I'm more of an introverted person, to be honest. And um, 
I never, ever, ever, ever thought I would do it. But I just did so much research that I became the person to do it. I mean, there are other little bits and details that go into it, why I became the person to do the tours. But that's pretty much it. I, I just, out of all my friends and the people I know, I just know more about the cemetery and, and the farmhouse and all these locations from Night of the Living Dead and George Romero's films than most people out there. That's um, awesome. So same time that uh, my friend Kevin Christ, who runs Living Dead Weekend, he decided he's going to do the show. And it started in 2015 and it started in Evans City, where they filmed the original Night of the Living Dead. And he said, well, since you know so much, you're going to do tours, right? And I said, <laughs> uh, okay, I guess so. <laughs> But the funny thing is, I had done so much research that I never, ever had a problem doing it, even though I'm not like one of those people who likes to speak in public. I'm sure people have that phobia, you know, sure. and uh, I've even felt that way in the past. I'm a lot better now from doing tours <laughs> so many years, but um, uh, I never had a problem. I always I, f I felt confident in my knowledge of George Romero and talking about the films. So I don't have a problem doing it. I never did. Um, and I take people to these very important spots and, you know, the, the farmhouse location is on a farm. Okay. After the movie was filmed, the house was torn down. Okay. So then, uh, another house was built on the spot. But if you go there to that location and you try to go on the property, they'll chase you off. They don't want people there. It's <laughs> private property. But we get permission from them each and every year since 2015 to take the fans on the property so that's oh, one wow. spots you know and i explained and where everything was where the house was and where the you know the truck blew up and all that stuff i explained it and you're there on the spot even though the house isn't there you are on the spot where it happened and then i do the same for the cemetery and i take them to the scenes from the road you know uh, i take them to the the posse scene you know where the bridge is and you know bill uh, Cardill and uh, George Cassana have their scene and they're talking about uh, the zombies and the whole thing going on on the TV and live. Uh, that's right next to the farmhouse property. And I, I do that and people love it. They've been coming for years and years, like I said, from all over the country. Uh, it's it's pretty amazing. You guys should really come up. Yeah, definitely. Well, we need to. It, it's kind of funny. Um, I was listening uh, to another podcast the other day um about uh uh <clears throat> excuse me one second um um uh, no about breaking bad and the house from breaking bad and sure. this, this lady that is that owns a house or that lives you know, like there now on the roof <laughs> yeah like people are trying to do all this stuff like throwing pizzas on the roof and like getting crazy and just doing all this like crazy stuff and like you know they were like oh, this lazy this lady's crazy she she doesn't like anybody coming around but <laughs> one of these one of these podcasters just like walked up to her and was just like hey do you mind could we you know just kind of like look at the house or whatever and she was like no just because you asked politely and you know we're just kind and <laughs> not just being crazy about it like yeah you can you can take pictures in front of the house or you know do whatever you want to do 
and it you know it's just right. fun kindness goes a long way and politeness <laughs> for sure that's true <laughs> yeah and just uh... going just yeah. going, hey, is it okay? Are we okay? Like, is, is it all right? And she's like, yeah, like, but everybody else that comes around here is an asshole. Yeah, the people, <laughs> you know? the people that, uh, that have lived in the, uh, the Amityville house, which obviously had its, uh, address changed. Uh, I know they've had a lot of issues with that. Even the real life, like, uh, conjuring house up there in Rhode Island, I know has had, uh, a yeah. lot of issues up there, especially after that first movie, um, came out. But I wanted to ask you, Lawrence, so you you go on all these tours and you show everybody, you know, where the movie was filmed. Are these locations up there? And I know you said with the farmhouse, it was torn down and then there was another house put there. Um, aside from that one, are the other locations up there? Are they kept like, you know, pretty well kept up there in, in uh, Pennsylvania? Like, are they recognized areas by the by the city? Um, well, that, that's an interesting question. Um, when you go to, when you get into film locations and researching them and going to find them, and I don't just do uh, George Romero ones, I'm, I'm interested in film, period, you know, so I, I do research and I go to other ones for other films. Uh, but when you go to places, you'll find them, you know, maybe unchanged, or some places have changed a lot. In the case of Night of the Living Dead, uh, the cemetery is still pretty much the same, except for... Um, some trees have been removed over the years because there was a hurricane in like 1984 that uh, uh, downed some trees and actually uh, uprooted some uh, coffins and, and threw some bodies Ooh. out. Um, very interesting. Uh, so, so that, so the cemetery has, you know, less trees than it did back when they filmed the movie, but otherwise it's very much the same. Uh, the farmhouse, like I said, was torn down and another house and it was rebuilt in the spot. But then when you go to the uh, the scenes from the road at the beginning of the film, they pretty much match up, you know, very much so, except for, you know, there's a big like power line or something in, in the view, you know. Um, but then you go to the mall from Dawn of the Dead at the Monroeville Mall and uh, you go in and, and you see, you know, oh, it's changed a lot over the years because, you know, malls have to be renovated, you know, kept up with the times, you know. Uh, sure. For example, when they made the movie, there was an ice skating rink there. And then that was removed in 84 to get a, um, what do you call it, a food court, you know. So things change. So then yeah. you need somebody like me at a lot of these places who has done the research and has found all the different things that still match. And then I can tell you where everything happened, you know, from my research. And I, and I really get thorough with it. And I show people things at the mall, like patterns on the floor that still match with, in the movie. You know, I show them column patterns, you know, things that are in the middle of the mall that still match the movie. And, and I prove, without a doubt, I know what I'm talking about. I also give them a program. <laughs> but uh, getting back to the locations of Night Living Dead, um, they're very much the same except for the farmhouse being gone, you know? I gotcha. And does the does the city up there kind of like recognize it and wear that proudly uh, or is it just like I, kind of just a public location? Yeah, do they embrace it or? Well, um, over the years, you know, it, it's kind of tough for, you know, older people to embrace, you know, a horror film like that. Sometimes horror has been looked down upon over the years and through the decades. Uh, these days, of course, it, it's more accepted and there's a, there's a big, big, you know, huge following for horror and a lot of uh, walks of life and different people. Um, but 
Evan City is no different. You know, the, some people accept it. Some people like it. Some people don't like it. But uh, the the city and town of Evan City has been um, sort of memorialized uh, as a national. Um, it has a national it has a history. I am saying it wrong. <laughs> in, in the middle of town, there is a historical marker celebrating Night of the Living Dead and the Crazies, both by George Romero, which were both. Wow. Very so cool. National Historic Registry, you know, and it has oh, markers. Very cool. Okay. Yeah, so I know. Recognized. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I know that. Uh... Sometimes the the touristy element, like I said, with the Amityville house and the the Conjuring house, it can be a little a little overwhelming for people, especially because you get you, I mean, you get crazy fanboys and fangirls that go up there and want to people. This always be respectful, as we were saying earlier, the kindness and, and respect show that to people. And, and it goes a long way. And then especially if you're at a place like a cemetery, you know, from Night of Living Dead, be very respectful because people have their relatives there. It's 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 yes, not yeah. around. Uh, and then if you go to the mall from Dawn of the Dead, that's a place of business. So also be very respectful. These business people and business owners and workers don't necessarily even care about the movie. They're there to make some money with their business. So please be respectful. And then if you go to, you know, a, a farmhouse property, or you know anything where there's a, a person's house it's their personal property so please be respectful and i always stress that on every tour that i take people to you know we have special permission to be here on this very property from night of living dead please do not come here any other time please be respectful and you know do not come back you know but while you're here take as many pictures and videos as much as you want do it right now because you have permission but don't come here on your own time you know and always be respectful yeah, and I was gonna say when when we talked to you at the con, um, you know, one of the things that you said about it was like, hey, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun to you know bring people here, and of course, there's super fans that want to come to this place, um, but it is, you know, it's it's somebody's home or or, or somebody's property. Yeah. And you need to be respectful of it. And I, I think that's really cool. Um, and and you said that you, know, you get the permission. So getting the permission yeah. and, you know, um, just that's that's respectful. Yeah. And uh, so we're definitely going to do you know, all the, all the plugs for the upcoming tour, um, and the upcoming event before we dive into that. And we'll, we'll do that to sort of wrap everything up because we definitely want to encourage our, our listeners. We have listeners from everywhere in the U S and all over the world at this point, we definitely want to encourage people to, you know, come, come celebrate the film, you know, 55 years of, of night of the living dead. That announced today, there's a very important, you know, element to the show that I didn't even realize or know until today. Uh, my boss, Kevin Christ, who runs the event, he runs the Living Dead uh, Weekend uh, and the Living Dead Museum in the Monroeville Mall. He announced that this would be the last uh, Living Dead Weekend Evan City show that we ever do. Um, wow. Okay. So, you know, this is going to be my last Night of the Living Dead tour up there in the area. And this oh, is the no. last time that we're... <laughs> 
have all the cast members who are still alive at the uh, convention up there in the area. So it's, it's very important that people come out to this show in a couple of weeks because we aren't doing another one next year or the following year or the following year after that. So um, it's pretty important if you want to uh, get the full it is, it is. And I want to be a part of it. I want to come. <laughs> you know, going on the tour, you know, the official tour, you know, with all the actors there, we're going to have some of the actors in the cemetery doing photo ops, you know, uh, this is your chance because it's not happening again. There we go. Wow, so that's that's really cool. And um, you know, I like I just from the original and uh to the remake, you know the the nineties remake. I I love you know not a living dead. I mean it's it's just. And it's the original, man. It's it's the original zombie movie. And it spawned so much, uh, whether it's World War Z, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, any zombie thing. That's where it started. And yep. it's so amazing. And it's uh, so revolutionary. It's It's just... You know, if you talk about zombies, you got to start there. And it's it's amazing. Yeah. And before we before we do all the plugs for the show, you know, going back to the movie for just a couple minutes where, you know, again, 55 years of this classic piece of horror film, but also just a classic film uh, in its own right. I just want to go, you know, sort of around just free for all, like highlight some of your favorite moments, if you have any for the for the movie because it, it i mean it set the precedents and the trends for every zombie movie and many 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 horror films to you know to come years after so i just you know i kind of want to open up the floor like you know talk favorite moments uh you know talk about the score anything that we want to celebrate with with the uh with the original night of living dead because it's it's a movie that you know it, it's the gift that keeps on giving you know it's still scary it's still like gorgeously shot and still so much fun every single time. And, you know, for me personally, you know, I guess I'll start it off a scene that I never really like truly appreciated enough is one of the early scenes between Ben and Barbara, where they're telling their story of their, their first interaction with the creep uh, or with the ghoul. And there's no, no ghoul on screen. It is just all dialogue driven. And it is so deeply disturbing hearing both of their their monologues about their their first in encounter with the ghouls. Um so so Lawrence, Jason, I'll I'll throw it to you guys. What what are some of your favorite elements or scenes? Uh or any like any aspects we want to celebrate with Night of the Living Dead? Um, uh, I can't Go ahead, buddy. Um, I really enjoyed, you know, the uh, the news, you know, scenes that you see on the TV and the news reports. They give the movie um, a reality, you know. Um, it they, it sort of makes it more than just a movie. It, it makes it more of a documentary, or at least gives that feel, even though you know it's made up and it's a movie. But it, it gives it a reality, you know, like this is really happening, you know, this, these it are news. Does. Yeah. 
And I think that's really important to, you know, building that reality within the movie that you see. Yeah. Jason, I'm glad you brought well, up uh, World War Z, I, by I the think, way. Uh, I we... think, sorry, I, I think within the movie, um, there weren't a lot of whole, or there weren't a lot of um, movies before that that kind of had this um, uh, news aspect to it. Like, so you're seeing on the TV that the there's like news broadcasts and, and they're talking about, oh, you know, they're talking about it on the TV and you don't really see that um, a lot in anything before that. Um, so I, I think that it makes it more real or, mm -hmm. you know, gives, gives another aspect to it. And so I, I really like that. Um, and, and I think that's, I think that's maybe, maybe not the first time that you've seen it happen. Um, but very early. Uh, famously, you know, there was the incident with Orson Welles doing the uh, War of the Worlds broadcast in oh, like yeah. where they included, you know, supposed newscasters, you know, talking about the story and the alien invasion and people thought it was real. So, that, I mean, it, it had been that idea of doing, you know, fake broadcasting had been around for a long time, but it wasn't very common, you know. It actually got Orson Welles in, in trouble because people thought it was real. <laughs> yeah. <Right. laughs> well, and then, and then fast forward to like the 90s, um, we get, uh, uh, we get the Blair Witch Project where, yeah. it, you know, it's the, uh, you know, you feel like it's a news story or they, they have a news story. And, you know, you start getting uh, all of the all the supposed realistic or, or, you know, found footage stuff. And yeah, so that was the Orson Welles. And, uh, you know, that that was very, very early. Um, and nobody picked up on that until way later. And um, it's it, it was perfect. Yeah. And uh, Jason, I was going to say earlier, I'm, I'm glad that you brought up uh, World War Z um, because the movie for me was definitely like a deviation from the, the way the book was presented because the book World War Z was just like a collection of of recollections of zombie encounters. And I that definitely, you know, again, kind of goes back to the way Night of the Living Dead does it. Again, one of my favorite scenes is just Ben boarding up the house while the news program and the radio information is just playing over top of him just doing everything he can to to take safety precautions inside this house and I, it just really grounds it in uh in realism like this dude is literally fighting for survival um while they're spilling out everything that that he's in danger of well you know, that's true and 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 one of the things that i that i think is amazing about night of the living dead uh day of the dead dawn of the dead um you know the newer ones are like you have all of these news broadcasts and you know all this stuff going on 
But in the early ones, it's just like a little farm town. And it just it's just fucking everybody up. And uh it's it's just it's just interesting just seeing like the early it early stuff. Yeah, it's it's actually kind of amazing how much they open up the world in Night of the Living Dead without actually leaving the farmhouse, other than when we're going through the news the news broadcast. Right. Um, yeah, because they, you know, they start talking about um, the like the origin of the ghouls with it being, you know, radioactivity from a from a falling uh, satellite, which is definitely not something we see a lot. Usually it's, you know, chemical spill or, you know, like a like a gas leak or something. Um, we don't see this iteration of the of the cause of the zombie outbreak. Um but again, just very, very uh, simple radio radioactivity from a satellite. They go down and they just open their eyes after a few minutes. Um, and well, like, and to be honest, I don't give a shit how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's just zombies, and I'm glad to see zombies. So it just happened. It just it just happens. That's all it Jason wants. Is, give me zombies, and he's good to go. <laughs> yep, I'm good. Uh, Jason, you got a do you have a like a favorite moment in the in the movie? I don't know if I've ever asked you this before. You have a favorite scene in Night of the Living Dead? Um, I'm I'm not sure. I I think the the thing that scared me the most is when they finally when the zombies finally start getting through the the windows. You yes. know, so they so they board them all up. And, you know, they're trying to keep themselves. Um, so that that kind of scene when they when they finally start breaking through those um, is really disturbing to me. Um, but I think the other one is when when the girl wakes up uh, because she's been bitten and, you know, her parents are down there with her and they're trying to take care of her and make sure she's cool. And then she wakes up and just starts fucking everybody up. Um, (laughs) and yeah, so that, that was probably, I don't know. So there's two scenes. Yeah. Those two scenes, um, are, are pretty disturbing to me. And, watching the the 90s uh remake um there's this one zombie when he comes through the window i don't know his eyes are like white and just looks i i don't know i i can't even explain uh the way that he looks or or the way that that zombie looks but he's he's just got these white it's almost like shark eyes or like just yep dark like uh, uh just like uh, i i don't know man like <laughs> that one zombie uh and it's it's one in particular that comes through uh that comes through the window and everything and just that one just fucked me up <laughs> right he gets shot in the chest a whole bunch of times yeah. yes 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 exactly and speaking um, of but like, yeah, but yeah, that, but just, I, I don't, just that, the look of that zombie, like, just fucked me up. I did yeah. not like it. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of like the gore uh, element, uh, Lawrence, did 
I'm assuming you were talking about the rating system earlier and this kind of predating that. I'm assuming this has been labeled with a with a rated R at this point, right? Um, no, they they would never resubmit it because, you know, it was released unrated and uh, that's the way it shall ever remain. I mean, if they wanted to try to get a rating for it, it might qualify for an R rating these days because there's so much more that's seen in movies, you know, these days. Uh, but there's no reason to to get a rating right. for it. That, that's that's actually interesting because like, oh boy, when they because uh, they they always talk in the movie for many, many scenes of like, you know, it's become known that the that the ghouls are eating the flesh of their victims. Oh boy, when we get a look of them eating the body parts of uh of uh the couple that got blown up in the car after the, oh, the fuel yeah. pump lit it up and blew up the car, it's just like yee, that is so uh <laughs> still like gut wrenching watching them like eat pieces of them. Gut wrenching. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> pun intended. But um yeah, I know. I mean, it's hard to like, like just not just gush about every moment of Night of the Living Dead. Jason hit the nail on the head earlier. Like it's a it's a masterpiece of a film and not just a horror movie. Like it's a masterpiece of cinema. Um, and, you know, like how many movies have we seen this movie be on the TV in the background and characters are just, you know, enveloped watching it, you know, in the horror genre and outside of the horror genre um it's just its influence is like unrivaled it's just it is everywhere um it started the pre you know the precedence for zombies and just again just it's its influence on film is is so like it's a necessary film you know it's something well, that needs to be celebrated and something that people need to remember and uh you know thank god that they have 55 years later well you know the thing Celebrating and celebrating this film in particular, you know, that's what horror conventions are all about. You know, you can go and celebrate these films sometimes in the locations where they were filmed, but you also get to meet the celebrities, you know, sometimes the directors, the writers, or the, you know, the, the actors from the films, and that gives it a whole nother dimension. That's the, the main thing about horror conventions. You can go meet the people from your favorite films. And then you can get to know them, even if you've gone like to a, a ton of conventions and you see like John Russo all over the place, you know, or you see George Romero back when he was alive all over the place. I got to talk to him many times over the years and, I, and I've become friendly with a lot of these actors and people from my favorite films, which I never thought of, you know, back when I was a kid watching them. Uh, but I've, I've become friends with a lot of them. And it's just it's kind of mind blowing. But that that is part of the attraction of going to conventions or events like the living dead weekend which we're having in a couple weeks <laughs> absolutely so uh i mean i like i said we're gonna get all the plugs in for the living dead weekend i want to absolutely encourage our listeners uh to to get on out there and you know enjoy your october by celebrating one of the greatest movies ever made uh, yes. but before we do that any any closing thoughts on night of the living dead from 1968 jason anything I will I will just say that like I you know I again I saw the remake first and the remake scared the living shit out of me and it, going back and watching the original as you know as an adult or you know going back uh, like uh, I loved every minute of it and um like just seeing 
seeing things in black and white or or seeing films like that uh i'm so impressed with them so you know i i i like the original the most <laughs> um <laughs> the remake um i like as well um but yeah, I, I mean they're they're all a lot of fun. And just just knowing or if if you haven't seen uh or it, just watching a zombie film or watching a zombie show, um you know, whatever it is, like this is where it came from. And Romero, of course, is a freaking genius. Yep. And you know, it's 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 really crazy just to watch uh, like where it came from, and and I love the original, and you know everything that it has spawned off of it is it's just been great. Absolutely, and uh, that's a good segue again into the Living Dead weekend, which is the ultimate celebration of Night of the Living Dead. So, Lawrence, we want to thank you so much for coming on the show tonight and talking about this movie with us. So I want to open up the floor to you to, you know, give the rundown of what everybody can expect with the living dead weekend. Where can they get tickets? Um, We can reiterate the dates, the location, just what can everybody expect when they attend this awesome event? Sure. um, You can mostly, you know, follow us on social media at the living dead weekend. Um, If you want to go on our website, it is the living dead weekend dot com and that advertises our uh evan city event and our monroeville event which is next june uh and the evan city event is in a couple weeks uh at the event you know it's at a convention center in nearby harmony because there is no convention center in evan city we will have all the living you know cast members from night of living dead there including you know Russ Streiner, who played Johnny. They're coming to get you, Barbara. We will have <laughs> herself, Studio Day. We will have the little girl from the basement, uh, Kyra Schoen. Um, Some people have passed away from the movie, but we will have, you know, a lot of the zombies, all different people that are still around and able to come. They will be there. And then, of course, there are film location tours. There is a, well, actually... There's only one, and it's on Sunday of the event. But get this. There's something special going on on Sunday. We have complete access to the cemetery and the chapel in the cemetery. And we are having a uh, brunch, a catered brunch, in the chapel at the cemetery for VIP uh, pass holders who have bought their VIP passes for the event on the website. And we will have photo ops there with Barbara and Johnny you know, Russ Streiner and Judy O'Day next to the uh, stones, you know, the headstones where their father is supposed to be buried and where Johnny met his demise. You know, it's all going to be there in the cemetery. So that's pretty cool. We've never done this before and had a very brunch cool and, and a meal at the cemetery. It's, it's kind of <laughs> cool. It's cool. <laughs> Hurrah, like I said earlier in the show. This is our last event up in Evan City. We aren't going to be doing it anymore for various reasons. Um, it's just got difficult, you know, for Kevin to do uh, two events a year. And Monroeville is so much bigger and more complicated. And uh, he decided to, you know, 
cut back on this one for a while and maybe for good. So this is your last chance to see the cast members from the movie in the town, where it happened, where they filmed the movie. You know, it's a historic site for film lovers, for horror film lovers. And uh, you can find out all the information on thelivingdeadweekend.com or look us up on Facebook, The Living Dead Weekend. We have a group. Um, the information's out there, and I hope to see a lot of people there. It, it's a good time. It's fun. And you should go if you're a fan of this movie. This is your chance. Do it. There we go. And uh, real quick, uh, Lawrence, before we get on out of here, uh, I know they can find all the information online. We're going to drop this about two weeks before the actual event. Um, how soon, bef like how long up until the event can they get uh, tickets? Can they get tickets at the door? Is there a cutoff to buy tickets? Uh, there is no cutoff to get tickets. You can uh, buy them online or you can buy tickets at the door. You know, it's all possible. I mean, uh, VIP is limited. Um there are probably still VIP passes available um, for that brunch and, and you get into different events. You get a, a weekend pass with that. You get a swag bag with a, an event poster. You get an event t-shirt with the VIP pass and the meal and all that. Um, it's all on the website, you know. Tickets are there. A tour tickets are there too. It's a bus tour because you can't, you know, walk around from location to location there. You have to get on a bus and then it takes a few minutes, 10 minutes or so to get between each location. And we all get on the bus and I do it after the brunch and after the photo ops by the cemetery uh, headstones with Johnny and Barbara. And then we, we go on an hour and a half tour and then we go back to the convention center. Um, that's all on Sunday of the event. Beautiful. Well, Everyone listening, you heard it here first. I mean, it's October. Get all the cool events you can in. And this is one to not be missed. You know, this is, like we said on here, Night of the Living Dead, 1968. It's one of the greatest films ever made. And I can't foresee there being a better opportunity uh, and a better way to celebrate the film yep. for its 55-year anniversary and just to celebrate 20, it in general. What's that? It's the 20th through the 22nd. Perfect. So well, everybody listening, listening, you've got... We are we are very, very honored to have you on the show. We are. We appreciate you so much. Um, and... I would come on the show again if you did other George Romero films. Yeah, oh, right. We will. We will. We will. <laughs> we got we'll you. Say, um, maybe <laughs> Creep Show? And uh -huh. the Creep Show. Maybe, maybe uh, somebody's wearing a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> the reason I mentioned creep shows, yes, I have a shirt, but also <laughs> behind me here, uh, I have uh, the Buddha seen in creep show, the original creep show segment called There's Something to Tide You Over, okay? In the segment, Leslie Nielsen plays Richard Vickers, and in his yes. house, you can see this very Buddha right here. It's in his house. I bought it from one of the crew members who said <laughs> passed away last year. His name was uh, Nick Tallow, known as Bamba. I'm a big Creep Show fan, and I'm a big Donut <laughs> fan, and I want to do more shows with you. So get me back on. All the right. Show. Well, oh, listen, we, we got we you, are, man. We are huge fans, and we appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Um, we had a great time, and anytime you want to come on to the show or talk anything with us we're more than happy that we right. are that you we are you can contact me anytime 
Absolutely. I, I feel like you've been um, subliminally telling us what <laughs> what your next movie pick is, so I can't wait. But hey, everybody listening, uh, we want to thank Lawrence for coming on, and we want to thank, thank the li- we want to thank the Living Dead Weekend for uh, for doing everything that they're doing. So go get your tickets, go celebrate Night of the Living Dead for October, and have a wonderful October month. And we wish you all the best in your Halloween festivities from Midnight Terrors. And that's it for this week's show. So get in touch with us, Midnight Terrors Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Shoot us an email at midnightterrorspodcast at gmail.com. Come on out to our live event at Oak Road Brewery in Somerville, South Carolina on Thursday, October 19th from 7 to 9. Live podcasts, Rocky Horror Numbers from Charleston's Absent Friends, our very good friends, uh, horror trivia, a costume contest, a food truck, craft beer, and just good times all around. And uh, check out our Tea Public store. You can find some Midnight Terrors t-shirts, hoodies, and stickers on there. And uh, just come party with us. Have yourself a 40 and just party, as Jason would say. The party man. <laughs> party man. <laughs> Thanks that's... for having me on, guys. And remember, stay scared. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Jason, what is this show called, my friend? It's called the Midnight Terrors Podcast. That it is. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. We love you all. We'll see you all again very soon. Peace. Peace.